You're listening to Counterspin, brought to you each week by the Media Watch Group Fair. The North American Leaders Summit in Toluca, Mexico, on February 19th, featured the U.S. president touting 20 years of NAFTA and the Trans-Pacific Partnership, or TPP, the sprawling commercial treaty that is still being secretly negotiated. According to U.S. trade negotiator Michael Froman, quoted in the New York Times the day before the meeting, those promises Barack Obama made about fixing NAFTA on the 2008 campaign trail, promises about labor and environmental issues, could be remedied by the TPP. Joining us to address that claim and to talk about Toluca is Lori Wallach, the director of Public Citizens Global Trade Watch. Welcome back to Counterspin, Lori Wallach. Thank you very much. Well, from the reports I'm seeing in the New York Times and the Los Angeles Times, the Leader Summit in Mexico was somewhat anticlimactic, but there was some talk about NAFTA and the TPP. What are you hearing? Well, two things. One is Mexico and Canada actually have been opposing the one good thing the U.S. has been promoting for the TPP, and that's adding enforceable labor and environmental standards. And so I would suspect the president was asking for them to knock that off. That's one of the deadlocks. All the other countries are not keen about adding those standards. The other thing I understand that they were talking about, though, is the rather comical notion that somehow the Trans-Pacific Partnership NAFTA on steroids for nine more countries adding in was the way to, quote-unquote, fix and update, end quote, any problems with NAFTA. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a crazy way of talking about it. And actually, it's really pissed off a lot of members of Congress and unions and environmental groups. Well, tell us a bit about the TPP. Well, basically, take everything that was in NAFTA, stir on steroids to expand it out from an anti-public interest perspective, Add in some more corporate chapters that have nothing to do with trade and have 28 cents an hour of minimum wage an hour Vietnam and eight other countries join in and you have TPP. So, for instance, it has foreign investor privileges that promote offshoring by removing the risks and costs of, of locating to low-wage countries that were in NAFTA. But that set of rules is replicated, but then expanded out about another 40% of scope of new privileges and rights for investors to outsource and also to attack a whole additional set of domestic laws through the investor state system. It was called Chapter 11 in NAFTA. And in TPP, it's expanded out to new things like concessions for natural resources and the running of ports by private companies. Or... NAFTA had limits on Buy America. TPP bans Buy America, Buy Local, the same bad idea but much more expansive, and again, the rules would apply to everything relating to nine more countries. Or NAFTA made us import meat and poultry that didn't meet our safety standards. TPP would add a bunch of countries with serious food safety standards to the meat and poultry barfarama, but then add vegetables, fish, seafood. So pick everything that was really a bad idea about NAFTA and TPPs that NAFTA on steroids with a bunch more countries added in. Lori Wallach, there's a lot for reporters to work with here. There have been some significant leaks of draft chapters of the TPP. How do you see the way 
news coverage has come down on the TPP. So I've been around since NAFTA. During NAFTA, all of the TV, the, the national networks, NPR, at that point the national networks had radio networks, all of them, they all had a full-time person covering trade issues. And so now you know, I know, your listeners know, TPP is like a smorgasbord of explosive stories with amazing pictures on every current issue of our day from climate to the environment to food safety to medicine prices to internet freedom to inequality of income. It's like the beat that keeps on giving, but no one's assigned to it. So for anybody to actually pay attention, someone like me is going to the environment reporter and saying, hey, this is your story. Oh, no, no, that's the, someone who covers trade is the person to talk to. To the person who covers food, no, no, I'm, I, that's someone for, that's a trade story. The person who covers technology, no, no, the health care, no, that's not my story. Clearly, uh, the White House is making a sales pitch for the TPP, which seems to have flagging support in the president's own party. Indeed, more than 150 Democrats have come out in opposition to a fast-track policy that would allow the White House to push the treaty through Congress without amendment and would curtail debate. Can the TPP survive Congress without fast track? <laughs> That's a very good question because the other day somebody said, you know, the TPP is not just like a skunk at the picnic. The TPP is a picnic of skunks. There is just a whole herd of things that different members of the House and the Senate, Democrats and Republicans, have problems with in TPP. So you've got traditional free traders who are wound up about the fact it would sneak in through the back door some aspects of SOPA and PIPA, the sort of crazy copyright extremist internet freedom undermining rules. You've got free traders who basically say, hey, if this thing doesn't inc include currency cheating disciplines like supermajorities of the House and the Senate instructed the negotiators to do a year ago and they've ignored it, we're going to be against it. The thing about fast track is it's not just that it's no amendments. The administration writes the legislation, and it's not, it's not subjected to committee amendments either. So the, the double whammy about fast track is not only does it grease through the Senate, so it's like the legislative luge run, but in addition, with the executive branch writing the legislation implementing the agreement, they stick in there all kinds of special deals and goodies unrelated to the agreement. So the agreement itself may not, you know, pass the smell test, but some member of Congress who is not favorable to the agreement but gets some particular goodie they've been trying to get or legislation passed stuck in the implementing bill, again, no amendments in committee, no amendments on the floor, that's how they end up passing these kind of agreements by one or two votes. There's been a shortage of coverage in the corporate media, but those leaks provided a lot of uh, uh, grist for independent media. I know you've been on Democracy Now! a few times. I had your colleague Peter Maybarduk on here not too long ago. What is the role that activism has played in putting the TPP on the ropes, if you will? The situation with the TPP and with Fast Track, it's been subject to what I call the public Dracula strategy. Public activism, independent media, word of mouth, the communications networks that people have built amongst their friends and family and that organizations, because the whole progressive movement against, you name the organization, they're emailing out to their members. This whole system basically has dragged the TPP out in the sunshine like Dracula out from its lair. And... We haven't done the full Dracula strategy. The TPP is still alive and threatening. 
But, you know, the burn marks are starting. <laughs> and that certainly did not happen from the mainstream broadcast and cable news. We've all done that. And it's really an indication of what has to happen next. And I say we broadly, which is the independent media and activists. And there's a lot of great material folks can find on exposethetpp.org. It has a collection of all the best stuff, all of it free for everyone to use to send out, wake people up, and action ideas too. That's exposethetpp.org. We've been speaking with Lori Wallach, the Director of Public Citizens Global Trade Watch.